times and in the bad times. Hallelujah. How I many you know just like preaching the Word of God, it's, you know, it's easy to preach the whole Word when you have a government who's in agreement with the Word of God. But how I many you know we're called to be in season, out, in season and out of season? And so how about preach, being bold and preaching the Word even when it's not uh, wanted or appreciated or accepted as it used to be? And I'm sure you've heard in your way, I read with you the last two weeks, scriptures about homosexuality, and I guess you've heard about the mayor in Houston. This is from the Houston Chronicles today. And it says, a nation watches a city becomes the largest in the U.S. to choose an open gay leader, Anise Parker. Parker, Houston's current city controller, who first emerged in public arena as a gay rights activist in 1980s. You see, they don't quit. Isn't it something she's been involved in this since 1980 and we have some Christians who will only last six months? It says that she is backed by an army of strong volunteers. Now listen to this. She coasted to a comfortable victory at 52.8%. But listen to this. Only 16.5% turned out to vote. Only 16.5% of Houston turned out to vote. Because I asked my question, I, I, I've been, I know Houston, I've preached there, my, my son was born there. Where's all these mega churches and believers that believe in the word of God? Where's all these popular people? What's happened? What's happened? Well, only 16% turned out to vote, and guess who the majority of them were? It says, listen to what it says, tonight the voters of Houston has opened the doors to history. Oh, they just, oh, they just history, what type of History. They say, we know what it means, and we understand and feel it too. But now, from this moment, let us join as one community. See, that's what they're shooting for, one community. We are united in one goal in making this city the city that it could be, should be, can be, and will be. I tell you, they are some of the boldest people you will ever hear speak. How many times do you hear churches say that we're going to take this city and we're going to turn it into the city that it could be, should be, can be, and will be? But they have their goal. They have their agenda. And she's, she and her partner, Kathy Hubbard, and their, tree, their three children, I mean, just like it's nothing, two women living together with their three children and her uh, name, and then Ray Hill, the dean of Houston's gay activists, saw victories in more than one way. He, he said, for me, it means 43 years of hard work has finally paid off, he'll said. For Houston, it means we finally reached a point where being gay cannot be used as a wedge issue, divided the community, prevent us from reaching our aspirations. And then, you know, it accepts uh, people to make comments, and, and only two were negative. They, they, they filtered, and only the rest, of course, were, listen to this one, Wow. Houston elected an openly gay public official. That's something. This is conservative country we're talking about. You see where they're going? Congratulations, Houston, for being open-minded enough to pick the best person for the job. They're congratulating an openly lesbian woman and Houston for voting her in. This is what somebody else wrote. Today is a great day for Houston. And someone else said, if you think her sexual orientation only because, 
only became an issue today. You have been living under a rock. Please see the Chronicles from two weeks ago. It is completely immaterial who she sleeps with, and my hope is that she becomes a great mayor. It doesn't matter who you sleep with. Just do a good job. Another one wrote, I'm so proud of you, what you have accomplished with this win in Houston. I am from Katy. I wish we had more open-minded and gay women or men. Anyway, thanks for taking up the fight and not giving up. The people in Houston are in good hands. But then one negative person wrote, Truly disappointing. Who knows what is next to come? May God bless our souls. And may God bless Houston. That it does not become the next place of earthquakes and natural disasters and everything else. If it shifts, hope the oil comes to Louisiana. And uh, no, <laughs> no, no wonder the saints are going to win Saturday. Jude, look with me in Jude. Jude, I want to read a few verses for you here. But do you hear, and I'll, I'll leave this here if you want to read it, or you could look it up under the Houston Chronicle. So proud that we're being opened and everything else, as, as they say. But I want to read to you in Jude, chapter 5. The Word of God, Jude, chapter 1, verse 5. I want to read out of the Word of God that any of you people on the Internet are listening to my voice. I don't care if it's President Obama or any mayor or any officials that hear my voice. The Word of God that you laid your hands on and swore, swore on. You cannot pick and choose what you believe on the word that you swore on. When you swore oaths, whether you're a mayor, a governor, a president, whoever you are, when you swear an oath, that means you swear upon everything that's in here because you believe everything that's in here. If you swear on this holy word of God and you don't believe everything that's in it, you are a hypocrite, you are a liar, you do not have integrity, and we do not trust you. How can you swear upon something, so help me God, and how can you swear upon something unless you believe that this is the word of God? Are you doing it out of tradition or are you doing it because you believe in it? You can take us to court and you can tell us that we're politically incorrect and you can tell us hate we hate people and you can call us hate crimes and everything else when all we do is quote from the word you swore on. You swore on the Holy Bible and you call us hate crimes but yet you swore up and took an oath upon the holy word of God and you're calling us the bad ones. How can you swear upon something unless you believe in it? You would have been better off swearing on the Quran because of believing in that more than swearing upon the word of God and not believing in this. So I read out of the whole holy word of God, which is true. If you're watching this, if you listen to this, I pray God pricks your heart. To understand that this nation was founded upon everything that was in this word of God. From Genesis to Revelation, our forefathers founded this country believing on the true personality and integrity of the word of God. That this is the holy writ. And it is precious. And it is highly esteemed. And Lord, we love the word of God and we thank you for it. In Jesus' name, we love you for it. This is what the word of God says. But I want to remind you, verse 5 says, Though you once knew this, that the Lord, having saved the people out of the land of Egypt, afterward destroyed those who did not believe. 
Could it be that God took us out of the land of England to destroy us in a land we don't believe? And the angels, the angels who did not keep their proper dominion but left their own abode. In other words, angels who had sex with the daughters of men. He has reserved, this happened there in Genesis. And then the giants were born. It says, he has reserved an everlasting chains under darkness for the judgment of the great day. Verse 7, as Sodom and Gomorrah and the cities around them, and the cities around them, not just the two major cities, mega cities, the cities around them, a similar manner to these, having given themselves, having given themselves over to sexual immorality and gone after strange flesh, are set forth as an example, suffering the vengeance of eternal fire. You don't want to accept that there is a hell, but the Word of God says there is a hell. Likewise, also these dreamers defile the flesh, reject authority, and speak evil of dignitaries. Yet Michael, the archangel, in contending with the devil when he disputed about the body of Moses, dared not bring against him a reviling accusation, but said, The Lord rebuke you. But these speak evil of whatever they do not know, and whatever they know naturally, like brute beasts, and these things, they corrupt themselves. Woe to them, for they have gone the way of Cain, have read, run greedily in the error of Balaam for profit, and perish in the rebellion of Korah. These are spots in your love feast. While they feast with you without fear, serving only themselves, they are clouds without water, carried about by the winds, late autumn trees without fruit, twice dead, pulled up by the roots, raging waves of the sea, foaming up their own shame and wandering stars from whom is reserved the blackness of darkness forever. Now Enoch, the seventh from Adam, prophesied about these men, saying, Behold, the Lord comes with ten thousands of his saints to execute judgment on all, to convict all who are ungodly among them of all their ungodly deeds which they have committed in an ungodly way and of all the harsh things which ungodly sinners have spoken against him. These are grumblers, complainers, walking according to their own lust, their own lust. And they mouth great swelling words, flattering people to grain advantage. But you, beloved, remember, you, beloved, remember the words which were spoken before by the apostles of our Lord Jesus Christ. How they told you that there were be mockers in the last time who would walk according to their own ungodly lust. These are sensual persons who cause divisions, not having the spirit of the Holy Spirit. They got a spirit, but it's not the Holy Spirit. Wow. I believe it's very open and understandable, huh? The word is the word, and so everything we've studied, and, and this right here warns us. Stay with the word. Stay with the truth, and don't back down, because they will come, and they will try to uh, have their own way. So I want to uh, just share a few things with you tonight. According to uh, Romans 1, 28 through 32, let me, uh, let's go there, and then I'll, I'll take up from where we were here in Jude. But Romans chapter 1, take up where we left off, verse 28. Because these, these are warnings and these are clues. Sunday we're doing clues to get out of the blues tonight. Clues to stay out of hell. <laughs> and it says in verse 28, And even as they did not like to retain God in their knowledge. No sinner wants to think about God seeing me sin. 
No sinner. It's not just homosexuality. It's any type of sin. Lying, stealing, anything. Nobody wants to think, I just don't want to think about God around right now. You might be in a hotel room listening to this, and you don't want to think God's right there, but he sees everything. God gave them over to debased mind to do those things which were not fitting. Being, verse 29, look at that, being filled. Boy, that's a question right now. We use the cliche, you're full of this and full of that and full of the other. There's a question with this. What are we full of? What overflows into action? What overflows in words? What's overflowing in our life? What are we full of? He says, being filled with all unrighteousness, sexual immorality, wickedness, covetousness, unrighteousness, sexual immorality, wickedness, covetousness, maliciousness, full. What you're full of? Full of envy. Everybody say, I'm full of Jesus. Full of the Holy Spirit. Full of the Word of God. Amen. You came back tonight to get refilled. Hallelujah. Murder, strife, deceit, evil-mindedness. They are whispers, backbiters, haters of God, violent, proud, boasters, inventors of evil things, disobedient to parents, undiscerning, untrustworthy, unloving, unforgiving, unmerciful, who knowing the righteous judgment of God, knowing that those who practice such things are deserving of death, not only do the same, but also approve of those who practice them. So we want to study some things tonight. And one of the things about what, what we're full of and what overflows out of our life is the fruit of either obedience or fruit of rejecting God. You may want to write that down. What is, whatever sin manifests is fruit of rejection. Fruit of rejection. Rejection of his knowledge as we, as we read tonight. When we reject the word of God, we are saying, God, and, and listen, puny men tell their creator, God, I'm not in agreement with that. I'm not in agreement with, with, with the rules you made. I'm not in agreement with what's written in the word of God. God, I, I think some man misinterpreted uh, the scrolls. I, I don't believe that. When we reject, when we openly sin and, and, and live a lifestyle of sin, we openly reject the knowledge of God. We're saying, God, I don't agree with you. And who are we to say, God, I do not agree with you. I'm not in agreement with the Ten Commandments. I'm in agreement with four out of them. I'm not in agreement with what those preachers say. I'm not in agreement with everything the Bible says. I think every religion has a little bit of truth to it. But there's only one man, Jesus Christ, who will get you to heaven. God, I don't agree with what you say. Are we going to yield to what our mind says and our flesh says? Wrong behavior comes from wrong thinking. And wrong thinking comes from rejecting the truth of God. What am I full of? And if you take notes, that word full means the very depths of areas of our heart. The very depths of the areas of our heart. That's, what, that's where that word full comes from in the Greek. What is in the abundance or the very depths of my heart? What is in the very depths of my spirit? That's what I need to be delivered of if I am not walking in obedience. What is keeping me from disagreeing? Or agreeing means walking with in agreement with God. Where am I not walking in agreement with God and his word? Or the areas of the depths of my heart that I need to deliverance. We've been looking up logos and we've been studying the name of grace and the word of grace. And one of the si signs of grace is ch shackles being busted apart in someone's hands. Being free from being imprisoned in, in different areas. The, the depths 
of what holds us back. It holds us down. It pulls us down. And praise God, that's what the Spirit of God is for, liberty. Hallelujah. And the Spirit of God wants to set all men free, no matter what you've been shackled in and no matter what has been holding you down and no matter what mindset or philosophy or vain teachings or traditions that men might have fed you. The Spirit of Christ is here to set you free. The Spirit of Christ is available for you to bow your knees and cry out to Him and call out to Him because He'll meet you where you are and wherever you're struggling, whatever things that have been enticing you, whatever you're full of, I want that you know, whatever you're full of, you can get emptied of and get refilled, hallelujah, with something that comes from above. You can be refilled with that which is precious and pure and can refine you and rebuild you and give you a new start. You don't have to die full of hell. You can get full of heaven. And so that, this is what this word is talking about. The very depths of the area. A person with strong weaknesses in different areas. This is the sadness there that talks about. My weaknesses make me useless to God and to others. It talks about being useful for sin practices. But I became, become useless. Not that God doesn't want to use me. I become useless because my mind's not flowing in an area where I can help my fellow man and be an encouragement and a blessing. And so I become useless. The anointing God says, I can't use that. Holy Spirit says, I can't speak through those lips. Who's going to listen? So we become useless to God and to others and useless to our own selves. These people rob other people of their rights. And you're going to see as we study this tonight that it speaks about doing things for themselves that they, man in sin, they build their own altars to themselves or to what they want to worship. What's interesting, and in King James, it uses the word vain. And if you have your notes, let me just give you, I just picked a few words here. The word vain, it's interesting, that word vain. Listen to this. That word vain means self-inflicted pain. That word vain means self-inflicted pain. It means to hurt yourselves and also to hurt others. To inflict pain on oneself and inflict pain on, one, on others because it's vain. It, it, it will not help you at all. In fact, it will hurt you. It will degrade you. It would destroy you. The word vain speaks of a woman. It could be a man too, but it speaks of a woman like in Proverbs, deliberately seduces the innocent because it just it doesn't it doesn't desire a relationship, it desires their innocence. Listen, sin desires your purity and your innocence. It desires your flesh. It desires your mind. It desires the sweetness of the presence of the Holy Spirit. That's why it's all called vain. It's all called vain because it wants to seduce us to give into it. And then it laughs because it's God is under his control. They say that's what happens with meth. You take it one time and that one time gives you the, the highest high. But then you're willing to get pay, use your whole check over a weekend. Because you want to find that high again, but you never find it again. Till you go without it for a while, get it all out of your system, then you try to, then you try to find it again. It's vain. It seduces you, and then it causes a stronghold. And you're harmed. You hurt yourself. It speaks of Satan. is the one who deliberately attacks, aims, and destroys. He doesn't care how many people's in hell. He just wants to try to bring as many as he can and deceive them. His, he, he probably wasn't even interested in, in the Garden of Eden. He was interested in seducing the innocence of Adam and Eve. He wanted to get back at God. He wanted to seduce and take away their innocence. And what happened? The first thing they said, we're naked. 
He seduced them of their innocence. Hallelujah. You and I are here tonight refilling with the Word of God, getting a hold of the Word of God, getting a hold of the teaching of God, living as a temple Holy Spirit. Because, listen, Saint of God, we're not going to give Satan the joy of seducing us out of our innocence bought by the blood of Jesus Christ. Not going to give that Lucifer, that Slewfoot, we're not going to give him the satisfaction of being able to say, I stole their innocence. Innocence of mine. What the Father God, I told you Sunday night about being zealous and not being cold or lukewarm. God loves gold. And gold is what we do from the heart. And when we love and worship God from the heart, that's what he loves. And that's what makes the devil crazy. And we want to get the devil crazy. Amen. The word vain talks about a person who is bad, but also wants to make other people bad. Listen to this. The word vain means these type of people speaks of destructive badness. It says here in the King James, they lust to get. Now, this is interesting. It's the Greek word, an aggressive vice. Did you, did you hear what I read from the Houston Chronicle? They're aggressive. I told you last week, they say, well, why don't you preach on people in an adultery? Okay, homosexuals, they got their sign saying, I'm a homosexual. Well, why don't you go around with a sign that you want equal rights because you're an adulterer? Nobody wants to come out of the closet for being an adulterer or a liar or a thief. No, because there's an aggressive vice that manifests aggressively. And that's what this is. They lust to gain more and more. There's aggressive vice. They're aggressive to sin. Just like you see people who... Uh, aggressive at, at, at these uh, uh, black Fridays run over people because they got to have that sweater because they got 20 but they need one more I was here first this is my drink I want that last pack of cigarettes I got to have a cigarette if, if an aggressive vice that I can't control it if, if, you, if you tell me something about it I'm going to hit you. I'm mad. I'm going to find a different church. I'm going to quit church because you're not going to make me feel uncomfortable with what I got. It's a demon. An aggressive vice is a demonic spirit and a stronghold of a continued sin that's brought on a bad aggressive behavior over time. And we have to call upon the name of Jesus to be freed. We have to desire to be free. That I am not going to be in this aggressive vice. It means an evil spirit. It pursues its own interest. Listen, this is the Greek definition. It pursues its own interest with no regard for rights of others or common courtesy for humans. You see, they're, they're praising them. Oh, that's supposed to be such a religious city. But now they got an open lesbian uh, mayor who lives with her lover and three kids. We're so proud of you. They're aggressive. And there's no common courtesy for what is right. They want to shut us up so they can continue to speak. There's no common courtesy. There's no reasoning. There's no logic in sin. It wants to rob the innocents. What's happening right now? The health care wants to help kill babies. They want to get bigger government. They want more control. Because they want to steal the innocence of uh, that little bit of innocence that America still has. 
Y'all stand up and let's do the Pledge of Allegiance. <laughs> I'm telling you, Romans is prophesying our hour. They want to steal the innocence out of our books. They, they want to take out the pure story of our forefathers. They want to do away with the word of God and the, even the name of Jesus. But deep down, they know there's only one name of honor, and that's why it makes them so mad. It's okay to cuss with his name. But it's amazing that somebody nails a hammer and hits their finger. You never hear him say, oh, Buddha. You hear somebody kick their dog and say, Harry Krishna. Never hear anybody say, oh, the earthquake, Buddha damned. No, you never hear that. It's because they want to steal the purity, the holiness, and the highest of the name of Jesus. Because Jesus is the name of all names. But there is the day, whether they want to or not, that mayor, whoever, will bow their knee. God have mercy on you if you don't accept Jesus. You will bow your knee. And whether you deny him now, you will not deny him in eternity. You will bow your knee. Even though you may be destined for hell, you will confess and cry out, Jesus Christ is Lord. Every knee shall bow and every tongue shall confess that Jesus Christ is Lord of lords and King of kings. No matter who comes against it. Listen to this. That word lust, no rights for others, it's the Greek word for a, the greed of a predator. The greed of a predator. If you, a long time ago, we were watching on the Discovery and Animal Channel with the boys, and they were having trouble up north somewhere where the grizzly bears were going into the den of the black bears and eating them up alive. And what was happening was the grizzly bear was waking up from hibernation before the black bears would wake up. And the grizzly, grizzly bears were waking up so hungry that they would go into the dens while the black bears would sleep in and start eating the black bears and just rip them apart and leave, not, not even have to devour it all, just eat, eat some and then go look for something else. Even killing of its own kind. What does that sound like? And they were doing all their money and they're getting everything they can to try to stop the grizzlies from killing the black bears. But yet now we see people trying to get money so that humans can start, continue, after over a million or so, continue killing more humans for convenience sake. And so it's the greed of a predator. And the, Solomon wrote this about the adulteress. She goes, she partakes, she wipes her mouth, and she says, I want more. That is the greed of a predator. And that's how we have to see things that are tied in to strongholds and evil demonic spirits. Demonic spirits. As Jesus said, that held down many captive for years. They're greedy predators. And they're looking for those who can say no to the flesh. And those who say no to what is courteous and what is right. Who has no just means of respect for fellow man. And they are greedy predators and they want to get inside of people and they want to run and ruin lives and they want to affect the lives of others through these. 
A predator spirit is one that aims at more and grasps at what it has no right to take. Every time you're tempted, you need to say, Satan, you have no right. You have no right to plant that thought in my mind, and I'll take it captive right now. I have no right to touch another man's wife or husband. I have no right to take what is not mine. I have no right to take home from work what I don't have commit permission for. I have no right to lie or to steal or to cheat. I have no right to do any of the things that are against the commandment of God. I have no right to hate. I have no right to be angry. I have no right to covet what's my brothers or my sisters. I have no right to be envious or jealous or gossip or slander or backbite. It's not just the big things that we talk about. It's the little things too. And it's all the spirit of a predator. That's what Romans is teaching us here. And it has no rights to take regardless of honor and honesty. It's a demonic ambition that tramples on others' gains. And it doesn't matter whether it's untitled to them or not. I want it and I have to know it. And the definition means, and I was going to get into the Greek word and Jesus taught this word. We won't get into it tonight. It's too late now. But it means it knows no laws. And I read to you in the book of Jude where it says it does not respect the law of God. It does not respect the law of man. It does not respect the authority in the church. It does not respect the authority of the divine word of God. It does not respect the promptings of the Holy Spirit. I'm building an altar to my God and my flesh for what I desire. And I'm going to get it by any means, no matter who I have to trample. And how many times you hear of divorces and you hear this man or this woman get their eyes on another man or woman and I'm going to have her by all means I'm going to have him and get him by all means if I have to destroy his wife and his family and his job and his profession or whatever she is and it doesn't matter I want him by no means because I, I know I'm in love with that person and once they get him it doesn't last you start looking for someone else you know why only Jesus can satisfy Thank God for a husband and thank God for a wife, but only Jesus and only his spirit can keep you from being aggressive and lawless of not knowing laws and spend your life doing things that, that we spoke about the word vain. You are hurting and you're destroying yourself. Amen, church. I was going to finish with this whole thing tonight. I guess I have to wait till next year. But let's remember one another in prayer. When we hear someone fighting something, let's remember them in prayer and cover one another. We're all flesh and blood. We all have our battles to fight. But I need you, and you need me, and we need one another to pray and uplift one another. The Bible says, take heed, lest you fall. We are all, I including, it's, all, it's possible that any of us can fall. Any of us. That's why we've got to stay close and hold on to the horns of the altar. We've got to hold on to the horns of the altar. Jesus sweated drops of blood holding on to the horns of the altar. Sometimes 
There's times where you hold on to the horns of the altar that you may sweat and you may cut your fingernails into your hands and you might beat your fist and you might beat your chest or beat your head. There's times you hold on to the altar and you're praying, Lord, I'm not letting go. I'm not giving in. Lord, I know what your word says. I desire to please you before believing, pleasing myself, pleasing my flesh, pleasing um, a man or pleasing. I'm not going to build an altar to that. I'm going to keep you as the one I worship. I have an altar with the name Jehovah God written upon my altar. If you look at my altar, it's the name Jesus Christ. If you look at my altar, it's honor to the blood of the Lamb of God that was slain. On my altar is praise to the glory of the King of kings and the Lord of lords. And I'm not going to trade the altar to the praise and the glory of Jesus Christ for the altar of something made up in the mind and the hearts and the flesh of man or what the world. I am not going to be clay in the hands of the world. I'm clay in the hands of the one who created me. And every one of us is going to finish molded by the hands of the Lord Jesus Christ and not clay molded in the hands of some demonic wicked spirit or philosophy of the world. But he is the potter and we are the clay. The world is not going to mold us. The world and sin of this world is not going to mold us. I say over you in Jesus' name that when the Lord Jesus comes back in all of his glory, he will not find something molded in the image of the enemy or for the glory of the enemy, but you will be molded for the glory of your Savior and your King and he will receive the glory and the honor of a people who are set apart, who are set apart, who have been delivered out of darkness and have been transferred into his glorious light that Jesus Christ can be king and he be Lord and he be glorified by the work that the Spirit of God has done in our hearts and our lives. Let's, let's stand. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Father, we just come before you and we praise you for the entirety of your word. We thank you, Lord, even tonight, whether our flesh was uncomfortable, whether our hearts were pricked, Lord, no matter what has happened, we pray on the inside, we pray that there has been a shift from the vain and the temporary to the eternal. We do surrender to you, Potter. That you, Father, mold us and make us after your own way. That we be molded into the image of Jesus Christ. You said in 2 Corinthians as, and in Colossians, as we behold the face of Jesus, we are molded into his image. It is the image of Christ that we desire. It is the crucifixion of our flesh and the sacrifice of our flesh that we may gain Christ. Father, I pray that the true altar of the gospel be rebuilt in America. The true altar, where it's all about you, it's not about us. The true gospel that we must die daily and the true gospel by the crucifixion of our flesh, the death of our old man, to be alive in you. Give us hunger for that gospel as we have 
eaten and famished on the gospel of prosperity. As we have devoured the gospel of victory and success, give us the same desire to please you by devouring the gospel of not I that live, but Christ who lives in and through me. Bring us into the balance of your word. May we consume your word and may it become one in us and with us. That we may live in the light of your word and the light of your eyes. That it, we may be found true, purified as gold. We honor you tonight, Father, as the only God. We honor your Son, Jesus Christ, as the Savior and Lord and the door into heaven. And we honor you, Holy Spirit, as he who is present to guide and lead, to provide the revelation knowledge to the church that we need to live a life pleasing unto him, acceptable unto him, until the day that he returns. Thank you, Holy Spirit, for being with us and doing as you desire and saying what you desire. And manifesting as you desire. Lord, I thank you that, Father, we do desire signs. But we also know that you desire signs of fruit, of repentance in your body. So we thank you for a maturing and a growing up that's coming today. That we are living lives pleasing to you. We pray and we ask this in a grace. Give, it, give us grace, oh Lord. Give us grace. Give us your strength, because in our own strength we cannot, but we have faith in the grace of you, O oh Lord. The grace that saved us is the grace that can keep us from falling. Keep us, grace of God, in every area of our lives. And make us strong that we can help others who feel weak. That we can restore others who have gone astray. Help us to be real rebuilders of lives as you've rebuilt our lives. And we honor to you tonight. And we thank you for it, Holy Father. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Hallelujah. Well, God bless you. Um, we will, don't forget Sunday morning, we're going to have an awesome time celebrating the greatest gift to man. Jesus. Can you say his name with me? Jesus. Say, Jesus the Christ. Jesus the Christ. Jesus the Christ. We exalt the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. I love the name of Jesus. I love the name of Jesus. I exalt the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Praise you, Jesus. Hallelujah. We're going to have an awesome time, Sunday. Listen, hug a neck. Look for somebody you may not know. Greet them. Tell them you're so glad that they're here. Bless them. And if you need prayer, we'll be here to pray with you. We love you and we bless you in Jesus' name. Amen.